Greetings. Welcome to Space Court. Well, I'd say like at its most basic, Vipassana is a meditation technique. You know, there's a lot of different styles of meditation. And I would say Vipassana is like one of many of the different styles that one can kind of embark on if you decide to learn a meditation practice. Space Court. Space Court. We invite you to join us as we discuss the meditation practice of Vipassana. We would like to introduce you to a bitch that is fresh out of a 10-day Vipassana course. Lily Tova. Pisces Sun. Taurus Moon. Scorpio Rising. So that's kind of like the most basic level like surface level answer you know I think it's interesting because like what it is for me and what it's taught as are maybe a little different it's taught as like a path to liberation you know right (laughs) there's some real heavy messaging (laughs) in the course around getting liberated I mean Um, may all beings be such may all beings be free may all beings be happy that feels like a real long-term like real long term. (laughs) Um, So I don't think that I focus so much on that piece, like in my personal kind of relationship with the practice, I'm not really worried about liberation. And a lot of times like liberation actually doesn't sound that great to me. (laughs) I know that's like so weird, but I want to be in my life, not out of my life. Mm. So Mm. I think for me, Vipassana is a meditation practice that I hope is teaching me to be more fully in my life. I think that one of the things I really appreciate about it is how accessible it is. So it's like anyone can go. It's totally free. You know, it's just based on donation. You you can only donate if you've done a course. So you're like living off of your time spent at the course. You're totally in the embrace of the gratitude of other students who have allowed you to be there enjoying that time. So that makes it really accessible. There happens to be a Vipassana Center like two hours from my house. So it's really easy for me to go and do courses. You know, there's not a lot of like barriers to entry. So I think that that appeals to me. I don't think I necessarily am of the camp that it's like Vipassana is the one and only true meditation technique. And and I don't think that that's really what they're trying to preach there. I think they're very much into like the give it a fair trial. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, you know, no problem. But um, it's very accessible because I can actually like go, I can do these 10 day courses. I feel like the way it's set up to kind of force you to come for that 10 days is like a pretty radical commitment for most people myself included. And it's really transformative. Like a lot of shit happens when you are quiet with yourself for 10 days. And when you're like working, because you're not just being quiet. It's like you are actively working on this meditation technique. You are practicing this technique 12 hours a day. (laughs) So it's like, it's pretty intense. And I feel like a lot of shit comes up. You know, so this is my second 10 day sit. 
I've done a 10 day, a three day, and then this is my, my second 10 day. And I would say my first 10 day was really, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. I mean, I felt totally kind of like I was in some like psychedelic out of body torture chamber (laughs) for the first like four days. Can we quickly Um, just give a little context of like hard things that you've done? I mean, you could even just speak to what your day in the life is. And I feel like that would give people a little scope of like, wow, this bitch is serious when she says that. Well, I would say that I am like a really stubborn person. So I've like lived with chronic pain. I'm doing much better, but I I lived with daily chronic pain for almost eight years and was farming full-time 15-hour days, working, moving through and working through a lot of body pain at the same time as I was like starting a business, starting a farm, muscling through and working through kind of what that means in this like current capitalist world that we live in. I would definitely describe myself as someone who's like pretty disciplined and very stubborn and determined. I'm like, I definitely don't like to do things that I can't finish. I wouldn't describe myself as someone who kind of like dabbles, you know, I'm like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Well, and you're going to do it really well. We would like to introduce you to a bitch that encouraged Lily to sit her first 10-day course several years ago. Rachel Villaverde. Cancer Sun. Cancer Moon. Gemini Rising. I mean, I think you're definitely painting an accurate picture, but with regards to your ambition and what you take on, when you say that this course may have been one of the hardest things you've ever done, to me, it speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I wanted to try and portray a little more depth of like, this shit ain't easy, folks. This yeah. shit ain't easy. I didn't think I was going to make it. And, and that was like really painful <laughs> to work through that feeling of like, I might actually not be able to do this. And by this, I mean, just like sitting with myself for 12 hours a day, like in meditation practice. I think it's this thing where, you know, we live with ourselves all the time. And I don't really think most of us examine what comes in and out of our heads on the daily. You know, it's like we're just in our experience, Mm. thoughts come in, thoughts go out, you know, we worry, we kind of like attach all this story to those thoughts. And we like label ourselves as like someone who's a worrier, someone who's anxious, or someone who's like laid back, you know, or whatever. But it's like in that space, It's like you are really putting yourself kind of under a microscope in some ways because every thought that comes into your head, you're aware of because you're trying to be more focused on breath and kind of just what's happening in the moment. It's not like you're trying not to think, but it's just like having that kind of that larger eye witness instead of the little eye, the big eye, who's kind of seeing the thoughts Mm. come in, not attaching a lot of story to them. So you kind of see how fucking crazy you are. You're like, wow, this is not like a unique experience. This is like all of us spend 99.9% of our time thinking about what could have been or what will be and not really examining whether or not that's like actually where we want to be. Or, or where how we those, are. Totally. And not really being where we are, not really having much choice in how those thoughts like affect our emotional reality. So I, my first experience at Vipassana was just kind of like, holy shit, my brain is crazy. Like I was trying to like 
tame these like feral cats or like <laughs> wild horses that were just like off and running, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just doing everything in my power to try to like bring them into some sort of steady pace. And it just <laughs> felt totally impossible. I also remember because you and Jamie are the whole reason that I kn- knew about Vipassana. I yeah, so we learned from the same person, right? Jamie brought it to your attention. And then and I'm sure I piggybacked on attention? that. Well, I had a couple different people bring it to my attention, but she was the catalyst for me to actually make a move. This bitch knows me. I've heard it mm-hmm. twice from strangers. Mm-hmm. Better try it out. Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of how Vipassana is. I mean, they talk a lot in the course about like the come and see aspect of it, you know, so you do it, it's like a really profound experience for most people. And you're like, hey, you should go check this out. (laughs) Come see, come see what I did. And I remember the first four days that I was there, I was so mad at you both. (laughs) I was just like, furious that you had set I felt like you had set me up you know I was like how could they have told me that I should do this this is terrible like they knew what they were they knew they knew what they were setting me up for (laughs) and I remember just kind of like seething it was just hilarious I mean looking back on it it's you know just hilarious but in the moment I was like those bitches (laughs) they wanted me to fail but I didn't give up. I actually went, so you can go and talk to the teacher mm-hmm. if you have questions, which can be kind of intimidating. The teacher I just had for this last course that I sat with had a really warm, inviting energy. So it was really easy to go talk to her. The first course I sat, I think because I was just freaking out so much, I, I felt really nervous. But I mm-hmm. went and talked to the teacher and I said, I think I might be going crazy. Like, I feel like I'm going crazy. Like, my brain just feels crazy. My body feels crazy. My body was like on fire. Just to give a little context, you know, when you start, you're focusing a lot on breath. And then you switch to focusing on sensations on the whole body. And my body would feel like it was like enveloped in flames. Like I was like, how can this be? Ouch. How could just putting uh, my attention on my skin cause this much feeling? You know, it was just so intense. And I remember going and talking to the teacher and I was like feeling so self-conscious about the experience I was having and like losing my shit. So I tell her all this and she just smiles at me. She says, it's totally normal. Everything is totally normal. And it kind of like broke the spell a little bit, you know? Mm. I was like, oh, like it just, it like took me out of that pattern of being like, I'm having some crazily unique experience that's fucked up and I can't do this. It was just like, oh, this is actually exactly what's supposed to be happening. And everything's fine. I'm not dying. Everything's totally fine. And Mm. it just kind of broke the spell for me. And I was able to make it through the next six days. And I was actually really scared to go back because of how intense that experience was. But I like knew, you know, I'm doing a lot of work right now in my life around like intuition versus brain. Mm. And it's like my brain was like, coming up with a million excuses around why I shouldn't go and why it was bad timing and how like I just got back from this trip and I hadn't been home for so long and I really shouldn't do it. But I knew that I needed to go. So I just, I went. It was such a radically different experience. I mean, very challenging in its own ways, but I felt so much more prepared and and able to just do the work instead of kind of being in the freak out. I'm really glad I went grateful that I did it. Rachel, how many of 
Pashna courses have you sat? Quite a few. I think I'm at like five. Um, do you I feel like each one has kind of been different? And Absolutely. It's, uh, it's 100% a Nietzsche, you know? It's the <laughs> uh, constant impermanence of every experience. And mm-hmm. my last course that I sat was in Israel. Um, and it was in January of last year. And so much harder than I thought it was going to be. I was actually extremely disappointed with my performance throughout the entire thing, which <laughs> I think is a pretty rare sit. I, I hadn't experienced that in a sit, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I really went in thinking I'd worked on so many things and they kept showing up. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What are you doing here? Like, uh-huh. how, how is this coming up? Really uh-huh. struggling with that attachment of what I want and what is, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a really hard course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really discouraging course. Uh, but You're it, about I'm, to go sit another one, right? Coming yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to sit and serve a course probably right as this is being released. So I will be in the fix of it. I'm taking two friends that have never sat a course before, which I'm really excited about. I feel very honored that I have led a lot of people to this practice because I do also believe in the benefit that it brings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And benefit, again, I think, and just as you were saying, like it's an opportunity to discover or be closer to yourself in ways that you otherwise may not have been. You know, it's mm-hmm. a really unique environment that I haven't found anywhere else where mm-hmm. it's solely based on volunteers and donation. And you really are provided this entire space to sit with yourself mm-hmm. for 12 hours a day for 10 days straight. Like it's super concentrated. And that's also how I live. Like I'm a very binge liver. I'm a bit, mm-hmm. I, like, I love that hard drive and focus. And then I love to like play hard mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. do that, you know? So mm-hmm. that's how my balance ends up kind of playing out. But I'm glad they're sitting. I think it's, again, I think it's a great opportunity. And, you know, not everyone will take the time to do it. 10 days is a lot. And 10 days to be in a mind prison is an interesting choice. (laughs) You know, time is a great commodity, you know? Mm -hmm. And I do Mm -hmm. think that the time that is invested in this 10 days is in yourself, which I don't think there's any greater investment, but Mm -hmm. it's hard for people to know that if they haven't experienced it. True that. Do you have any um, key takeaways that you would like to share as a result of this course? Well, I mean, I think some things that really came up for me, I mean, I think you can use your time at the course in a million different ways. But for me, I found that I was just like noticing these really strong patterns of different kind of thought patterns and emotional patterns and working on just kind of creating some like equanimity around those patterns, but then also being like, you know, these are things that I want to like work on in other ways. Like Vipassana is not the only way to work on oneself. It's kind of one tool in the toolbox, but just really like sitting with my judgment, like what a judgmental person I am, how those judgments keep really the person that those judgments make miserable is me because Mm -hmm. It makes me disappointed in people. It makes me push people away. It makes me un- it makes me unhappy with the people around me. And those judgments are can be very much focused on myself as well. And so I was like, yeah, wow, I'm a really fucking judgmental person. <laughs> like, I want to like put some some elbow grease into like working on compassion in my life and like mm. bringing compassion into my relationships with myself and with the people around me because like I know the judgment piece is trying to keep me safe but really it just keeps me small and pretty isolated and pretty unhappy 
Well, the brain is a motherfucker too. I mean, it will really throw a tantrum around you not listening to it. This is something I'm also really been trying to work hard on because I think I'm like, wow, my brain actually hasn't like led me, always led me to to, like decisions that, that, that actually make me happy. Mm. It's like my brain's trying to keep me safe. Right. Which I totally appreciate. Right. Like that safety, like I don't, I don't need to be playing it safe all the time. It's like sometimes yeah. what I need to be doing is like taking big risks, bold risks and like being like, thanks brain, but not going to choose that again. <laughs> right. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. You know, and I think that that is, I think our brain really stepped in when we were young, you know, and kind of built these walls and built these security systems that really mm-hmm. served a, a purpose. But I think as we continue in life, it really is about dismantling those and understanding like they've served their purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. but they're no longer necessary, you know, or if they have, if they are, they're in an evolved state, you know, because we are constantly in an evolution. One thing that Vipassana really teaches us is to sit in our discomfort, Mm. which is such a helpful tool because Mm. we're actually uncomfortable a lot of the time. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Or at least I am, you know, I tend to be a little bit of an anxious person and anxiety doesn't feel good. And so I think I do a lot of like shaming to myself around my anxiety and then also do a lot of like things to soothe it, like watching Netflix or drinking too much or like, you know, overeating on sugar, you know, and it's like the the Vipassana technique I think has helped me to kind of recognize like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I'm not comfortable and that's okay. Like I don't need to do Mm -hmm. anything about that. Like there's nothing wrong. I'm just feeling anxious and that's totally fine. Yeah. My alcohol use came up really strongly this past year. I think it's maybe even been like a year and a half, two years. I think my relationship with alcohol has changed a lot and with drugs. I actually did drugs a lot this year, which is a pretty rare thing for me. But I think that I, I just have a lot of memories come up from this past year of like times where I drank too much or times when I was like fucked up on drugs and feeling a lot of discomfort around the motivation in those moments and like the way I was connecting with people in those moments and, and where that drive to kind of over drink or overuse or like put myself in environments where like drugs are around is coming from. This is something I was thinking about before I went to the course, like just kind of this little voice of like, maybe my relationship with alcohol, like isn't as healthy as I think it is. Cause I've, I'm not someone who drinks daily at all. Like I'm a pretty, I pretty rarely, I'm, I don't drink that much, but when I do drink, I tend to over drink. So I think that, yeah, some, some real uncomfortable feelings came up for me around mm-hmm. those moments and, and kind of why or where those, that motivation was coming from. And so I actually decided to stop drinking. I want to give myself like a, a realistic goal. So I'm like, all right. Attainable, realistic. That's good to start. Yeah. I'm not going to drink or do any drugs in February. Like, okay. Okay. So that feels good. And I think in some ways, like that, the motivation to kind of get out of my experience is related to the judgment. It's like related to the other things I do that make me uncomfortable. Right. Spills over into the other cups. Yeah. This year is a really big year for me. So I, because, you know, moving the farm and kind of reworking the business, I just want to be 
using really good coping <laughs> strategies. I want to feel like I'm really like showing up as a good leader and a good friend and a good coworker. Um, and not to say that like you can't do those things when you drink, but I don't think I, I don't know if I can. You know, I can't speak for other people, but like, sure. I don't know if I can. And, and I also want to be really clear around like the relationships that I'm creating in my life and the way that I'm spending time with people mm. that like mm-hmm. alcohol doesn't have to be a part of how I have fun. Cause that feels really lame. <laughs> And it feels like so normalized. It's like everybody Mm. socializes around drinking. And it's like, I just don't want to do that anymore. I want to feel like I can hang out with my friends dead ass sober and still have an awesome time and connect and be open hearted and vulnerable. Yeah, that just feels really important to me. I only want to hang out with people who like know how to do that. Those are some big takeaways. And I find that to usually be the case coming out of a course, you know? I mean, you spoke to, you know, this idea of we have our kind of daily lives and we don't necessarily get to really observe with the big eye where our thoughts are. And this environment of Vipassana really does strip us away from all of those distractions that you really are in this concentrated space, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think the big well of insecurity, the big well of discomfort is what you're drinking from every day. And so mm-hmm. it does spill over into all these other cups and to be able to kind of evaluate it after a course and kind of integrate back into the world because I feel like I'm called to live. I'm definitely not called to live a monk life, you know? And so while yeah. Vipassana does give a lot of tools that I think are beneficial for living, I certainly don't subscribe to a lot of the discipline outside of a course, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You know, you said Vipassana is such an accessible thing, but who would you recommend this course to? Would you recommend it to everyone, or are there particular kind of profiles that you would say, you know, this might be a good choice to consider? I everyone can benefit from it. This time when I was there, I was like, oh, my parents should come do this. <laughs> I, I mean, I really think anyone can benefit from it. I don't really think there's anyone who can't benefit from getting a little perspective on on their perspective <laughs> you know i like that perspective on get some perspective on your perspective that sounds mm-hmm. like a great vipassana bumper mm-hmm. sticker yeah. well and it's just like great for just instilling like you know i think most of us there's a lot of messaging in life you know especially in the world we live in now it's just like social media so much so much messaging and to just like have I mean, that's something else that came up for me is just like, what am I exposing myself to on the daily? And are those things that I actually, because something I I notice at Vipassana is like, it really is the content of our mind. We kind of feed that content through our daily experiences. So that's one of the nice things about being at Vipassana is you don't talk to anyone and you're not supposed to really be paying attention to anyone. So you're not creating like active new stories while you're there. I mean, some obviously, but like the content is a lot lower. And so I've been really into the L word recently. Do you know about this show? Oh, HBO. This is like from a decade ago. Damn bitch. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, they just released a new season, like an updated, you know, it's called like Generation Q or whatever, but like, okay. you know, whatever. I'm like trying to figure, find ways to like connect to my queerness because I'm still like feeling like such a baby queer in, in the world. So one way that I do that is watching The L Word, which is like kind of ridiculous, but it's also so entertaining. And um, the L Word characters were in my thoughts so much that's amazing Because that's what I'm like feeding my brain you know it's like think about like my social media like my Instagram habits and the feeds that I follow and it's like that's what I'm feeding my brain and like the people I interact with and so I think it just for me it makes me think about like what do I actually want to be putting in there you know Mm -hmm. like I'm actually I'm not just fasting from alcohol I'm also fasting from Netflix because I'm just like I don't need to put more L word stories in my brain right now. I want to be like reading books at night and chatting with my housemates and cooking dinner with people, you know, not getting Mm. like sucked into watching four hours of television. So yeah, I think it kind of, it just can be really illuminating around like the content piece or all three times that I've gone when I leave, I just feel, I feel closer to myself and that feels really good and kind Mm. of, settled in to myself in a way that is easy to kind of forget in our daily experience. So I think that's very well put. Don't hate us if you go to a course and the first four days are really hard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you do, then you'll get through, you'll get through. Yeah. Hate us, love us, whatever you want. (laughs) Know that you're accepted as is and as you are and your process is your own, you know, which is very often very normal. <laughs> totally. Maybe the only other thing I'd say is that like, sorry, I just took a bite. Um, that the community piece I think is really helpful. So I meditate by myself. I try to do it on the daily when I can, but finding time to sit with friends, even like a virtual, I actually just did my first like zoom sit, which I thought was going to be so ridiculous. And I was kind of like, this is so weird. I'm not super into this, but it was great. Mm. Like just being in a space where you're like, okay, we're all doing this together. It really boosts you. For me, it really helps me feel more focused. It helps me fidget less. Yeah. It just creates a really sweet container. So I think that's one of the great things about Vipassana is there is a lot of community that you can access around it. Yeah. Very true. Great point. Great point. Yeah. So yeah. Be nice to yourself. (laughs) Just be nice. I think that's a good message. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your experience and you're super fresh out of the course. So I feel like, yeah, the content is, is pure, you know, it's not, it's not too diluted in the world yet. No, And I've been sitting twice a day since I've been home, which is the first time Mm. I've ever done that. For an hour each sit? An hour each set. Wow. Who knows how long that'll last for, but I'm trying. It feels good. (laughs) I decided when I was at Vipassana that this is my my floss it out February. That's what I'm calling it. Okay, floss. I'm just doing a lot of flossing in my life, just cleaning between those nooks and crannies Mm. and really getting in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Deep clean, deep clean. Doing some deep cleaning and it kind of feels like sitting twice a day. It's like a brain floss, you know, <laughs> you kind of just like get in there, do a little scrub out and I feel really like fresh. I've never been able, I've never had the discipline to sit in the afternoons, mm. but it feels really good. 
it's like I feel like in the evenings after I sit, I just am more focused and I'm able to kind of make better decisions for myself around how I'm spending mm. my time. That feels really good. Floss it out February. Love it. Floss on, bitch. And <laughs> Until next time, you're my flossing guru. Did you know that? <laughs> I, yes, I did. Ever since uh, J31 last year. I know. You've changed was... my life, Rachel. <laughs> It's an honor. <laughs> You're very welcome, Lily. I'll change your life as many times as I can. How about that? I love it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Thank you for sharing. I yeah. I love having you on Space Court, Lily. You've been here since the beginning. So I love supporting. I love listening. Every time I listen, it brings a smile to my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, I'm glad. Space Court, Space Court.